0: Here we are, November 29th, 2022. This is episode 16 of season two of the More Math for More People podcast. Cheers. Hello everyone, I'm Misty. And I'm Joel. And this is the More Math for More People podcast, brought to you by CPM Educational Program.
1: On this podcast, we discuss the CPM curriculum, trends in math education, and share strategies to shift instructional practices to create a more inclusive and student-centered classroom.
0: We also highlight upcoming CPM professional learning opportunities and have conversations with math educators about how they do what they do.
1: And we always try to have a little bit of fun and laughter as well.
0: Indeed we do. So come and find out what shenanigans we're up to on this episode. Boom. Okay. Here we are again with our national day announcement piece of are. the podcast. Yep. Joel, what day is it today?
1: National Lemon Cream Pie Day.
0: National mm-hmm. Lemon Cream Pie. Yep. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure I'm a big lemon cream I love- pie fan. But I know who is a lemon cream pie fan. Oh. My mom would be a lemon cream pie fan, but only if the lemon was very uh, tart,
1: not sweet. I like a tart lemon. I can uh, more relate probably to like a, a key lime pie, but I have had lemon cream pie, in fact, in Florida, mm. and it was delicious. I, I like those citrus flavors.
0: Citrus pies?
1: <laughs> I'm not a fan.
0: I think one time one time I was mm-hmm. at an auction and at the dessert dash, and I was not in charge of going up to get the dessert. Okay. And the person who went up to get the dessert yeah. uh, got the key lime pie because she was like, I just decided to not get anything that was chocolate. And I was very <laughs> sad that I was at that table because I, I would say, have wanted so you, <laughs> anything that was chocolate.
1: You didn't suggest this. You wanted the chocolate <laughs> and <laughs> and then she came back with the with she the was, other. She
0: went up and she was in charge. And she came back with a key lime pie, well, which was about as opposite of what I had hoped for dessert as I could imagine.
1: If we had like uh, seating arrangements, I would have switched yeah. the tables because I love yeah. a key lime pie. Maybe we could have traded. We'll have to think about that for the conference. Mm-hmm. If we have pies at the conference, maybe, <laughs> maybe there's the chocolate <laughs> section. Maybe dash at there's the yeah. <laughs> Crazy.
0: Yeah, so lemon cream pie, not lemon meringue pie, lemon cream pie. are Those those are different, though, right? Well,
1: it's funny you should say that. Yeah. They are different. But the day of actually started with lemon meringue, and now they just call it lemon cream. Really? But they're not the same. So why would they change they're it? They're not the same. I I can look it up here. <laughs> into, I, or we could just Because one's just, one's just like fluffed
0: up egg whites that you brown, right.
1: and the other's dairy. Mm-hmm. Have you had success making a meringue before?
0: Uh, I've made Madelines, which are mm-hmm. just meringues. Mm-hmm. So, I yes.
1: I've had zero success making meringue. Really? I tried. Like
0: you don't, it doesn't
1: get fluffy. Nope. Huh, I don't know. Gonna have to keep trying.
0: Also, not a big fan of
1: meringue. <laughs> so, <just. laughs> you are you are suffering <laughs> on this day. <laughs> I
0: I'll, I could be doing I could be doing opposite day That's right. lemon, <laughs> yes, lemon cream pie day
1: We'll celebrate two days
0: I like it I could have a chocolate cream pie mm-hmm. Or even a coconut
1: cream pie Which is the opposite of lemon
0: <laughs> <laughs> What or is the opposite
1: of <laughs> lemon <laughs> I'm not sure It's just not lemon Yeah um, Anything not lemon is the opposite of lemon Not I got lemon Yes
0: Anyway <laughs> So all right So it's lemon cream pie day Yep And if you want to have a lemon cream pie, you could probably find one somewhere. Mm
1: -hmm. Or you could make it. And please send in your uh, comments and share your recipes. Love to try. Exactly.
0: We want to know if you went out and purposely had a lemon cream pie or something that was like a lemon cream pie.
1: I know I am. All right. Excellent. Excellent. So, Misty. Yes, Joel. I thought it'd be fun to talk about CPM has this great resource (laughs) called the CPM Newsletter. And many of our listeners may have gotten that email that the newsletter is out or you've gone to the website and you can see the new episode is available. But Mm -hmm. I thought it'd be fun to kind of talk about the newsletter and Mm -hmm. how it connects to maybe how it would help teachers support students in their classrooms as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. You're talking about the November newsletter just came out.
1: The November newsletter just came it, out.
0: I mean, it'll have just come out. We're talking about it right now, but when this yeah. podcast launches, it'll have been out for a month, which is That's fine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Newsflash people, we don't record this on the day it comes out. That's right. But, um, <laughs> that would be really challenging. Um, yeah. So we're going to, the November newsletter has just come out for us. And I know you and I were taking a look at it and read through a lot of the articles that were in there. And so we wanted to not really go through and, um, Rehash the entire article for you because we want you to go read yeah. it, but just to highlight a few things and, um, and talk about a few things that are really that came across for us, maybe in some of those articles that are there in the November
1: newsletter. Absolutely.
0: What do you want to start with, Joel?
1: Well, the, the first article in the newsletter uh, was written by Amanda Etheridge out of Brooklyn, New York, and she, she talks about who has the power in the classroom. Mm-hmm. What I really liked about this article. That so often we're we're hoping we're looking to give students the authority. We're looking to give them the power. And she talks about they've actually had the power the whole time. And let's mm-hmm. talk about how we can encourage that piece. I really like that. Yeah, about this article.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, re- I liked that too. I liked I liked that. Um, there was, she talked about some shift in language, and I liked how she talked about things about thinking about what how we can arrange our space mm-hmm. so that kids. Feel like they belong, feel like they have a spit, you know, have some, you know, where they can be, where they can't be or not. And mm-hmm. thinking about how we interact in there and also thinking about how we evaluate. She gave some really, really powerful things to think about. And one of the things I really liked about it was that she talked about how as we're, if we try to be conscientious as we change and grow, that that's going to take time, right?
1: Absolutely.
0: As teachers, it takes us time to change also and make mistakes and to, be in that process also. And I think that that having grace for ourselves as we are doing things is
1: really important. It really is important. And she really, she did, she put it in a, in a way where it's phrased as consider, consider your practice and think about it and think about the reasons you do the things you do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely, uh, I think that was really powerful.
0: Yeah. There was an article in there, a uh, short little blurb that uh, Karen Wooten wrote, um, really thinking about how, when we were in the pandemic, you know, some people still say we're there. I don't know wherever we are in the pandemic, but <laughs> earlier on in the pandemic, let's say people were really, really trying, wanting to, Hey, we have a chance to do something different. How yeah. can we, you know, meet kids needs, you know, their social emotional needs and how can we do these things in this time and space? And as she put it, unfortunately, not a lot has changed. We're kind of yes. trying to just go back to what we did before and it's having a lot of impact. And so thinking about how to build communities still with your students and how to, you know, meet their social emotional needs. Cause there's a lot of pressure on doing the math, but the social emotional needs, if they're not being met, the math doesn't happen. Right. So she had some, some ideas of how to keep looking at that. Yeah.
1: And, and I like that the, the way she put it too, is it doesn't take a lot of time. It's not mm-hmm. anything other mm-hmm. than really just you're checking in on them. Yeah. I'm really passionate about this too. I, um, I, I was lucky enough when we were fully in the pandemic and all virtual and we had our national teacher conference online, I got to do an Ignite talk and that Ignite talk was all about let's, this is our chance to change stuff. And uh, so I, I get that part of it, but it's still our chance. We it, mm-hmm. Our chance doesn't end. We still get to change yeah. stuff. And I think she kind of reiterates that here too. And with that focus mm-hmm. of let's check in on our kids mm-hmm. and see how they're doing.
0: Totally. Yeah, and and I and she gave some examples that could be really short little things to connect mm-hmm. and feel, help all of us feel like we're humans
1: working together. Yes, which is so important. And then, and then I saw that Jocelyn Dunnick put in an mm-hmm. article about supporting reading and math class. And if yes. you did listen to our Season 2, Episode 8, mm-hmm. we had a conversation with Jocelyn about that. And she kind of reiterated some Kenny. of those strategies. And Aaron Kenney. Yep. and Aaron is referenced in the article as well. Yeah, and they they just put together some ideas about how there's a lot of reading in CPM textbooks. Yeah, and so there are some strategies of how to do that. So I I like I liked hearing it again. I guess it it reinforced it for me.
0: Yeah, well, and I like I like the the con. You know, it's, it's sort of getting it in more than one way, yes. right? You can listen to it and have the audio format of hearing about it, and it and it's not just it's just not the same it's not the exact same information, right? They went through also their a list of strategies and things now, so you can have those to reference as well in the in the newsletter articles. so those go really well together. they do and i I want to also add that Jocelyn and Aaron are doing um, a session on reading strategies uh, for the teacher conference in February. Oh. Great. And Amanda Etheridge is also um, a presenter. She's doing, I think, a session that's similar to this um, topic here in the in the newsletter article at the teacher conference in February. So you can Very cool. connect with them there too. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. And that, that's another, just to bring up the teacher conference, mm-hmm. which is also referenced in the newsletter, <laughs> by the way. The fact that if any of this stuff resonates with you, you can go to a session, but like you could network with these people too. Mm-hmm. And get to know them, and
0: absolutely they'll be talk
1: with them and come up with strategies together and yeah. continue this work yeah. beyond the conference that's one thing I love about our teacher conference,
0: yeah, oh yeah, I mean there will be opportunities to have conversation in between sessions or during the breaks or during lunch um there's also the social on saturday night which is a great time to mm-hmm. uh, connect with people and 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 just put a face to a name and and get to know somebody i mean i am pretty sure i can guarantee that anybody who's doing a session at the teacher conference would love to talk to you about what they're talking about that's you know Absolutely. what they've what they've presented so i really liked back to the newsletter i really liked the article yeah. that john hayes wrote about wait time
1: mhm that was really good too
0: yeah this he he highlighted a few things that I think teachers don't always think about when we think about wait time. We Oh, I mean, wait time is a thing. Like, I've had people sit and maybe I've probably even done this with coaching and I sit and like, time how long? Like, you only had like 0. 0.5 seconds, you know? I mean, and <laughs> I get it. it it's, it's hard. Like, here, I'll be quiet mm-hmm. for four seconds.
1: Somebody say something.
0: Okay, now it's really, really a long time I in know. an audio <laughs> format. So sorry, people, for the dead air. But yeah. like that was four seconds. And we talk about yeah. giving like 10 seconds of wait time. So really, it's it's a long time, but it's so important. It's crucial. Mm-hmm. As the person often that, you know, who's asking the questions, I already know, quote unquote, where we're going, right? Or where I think I want to go. So as soon as I get the information I want, I'm ready to go to the next thing. Well, yep. My kids are just trying to figure out like, what, what did she say? What am I thinking? (laughs) And now somebody said something else. Now she's saying something else. And they, they, their brains can't necessarily keep up if we're asking them to think deeply about things. And so I love the point that he made about, we can, we think about wait time often because I asked a question and there's wait time before I get an answer or select an answer or whatever, right? Get a response. There's also, there's different places where wait time happens. And the first Mm -hmm. one that I think is after there's a response, after, you know, if a kid says something, there needs to be wait time for people to understand what the kid said Mm -hmm. and think about it before I say something else, right? Like that part of it, like to process it. Otherwise, I'm just kind of like, people are like, what? What just happened? Yep, And and he goes in further into this, that there's also even wait time before I ask the question. Right. Before, you know, so that I can think about what question I'm going to ask. Right? Yep. And it's OK to have that to be like, wait a minute, let me let me think for a moment. OK, here's what I want to say. And and making that transparent, I think sometimes to say to kids like, OK, let's think about that for a moment before we go on to the next thing is helpful. I think so, too. But he also went into, like, the different, like, who talks to who, right? The teacher to the student, the student to student, and student to teacher. Like, there's wait time involved in all of those. So, mm-hmm. it's a it's a nice article about different types of interaction and wait time.
1: That's what I liked about the article, is just really breaking it down. It, or not breaking it down, but giving the options of the different types of wait time. Because I mm-hmm. n- never really thought about that before. You wait. Wait time as you wait. Okay, and then move on, like you had just said before. <laughs> but... So I really appreciated thinking of how wait time happens and when it happens. Mm-hmm.
0: The times I notice wait time when it's not happening in classrooms are when, when I didn't understand what the teacher was asking or the question was, and then they're already going, and I'm like, wait, what? Like, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. There's not any wait time because I can't keep up. <laughs> and I have a little more math knowledge than the students. Sometimes, depends on what class it is, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And it's always an interesting thing. Wait time on a podcast is hard.
1: <laughs> we're, we're now going to wait for the next five minutes.
0: No, I'm just kidding. I'm t- no, no, keep, no, listening, no. keep listening.
1: Keep listening. It'll be a
0: really long yeah. wait time. That would be uh, five minutes is a long time. To yeah.
1: Sit a, and well, and in a podcast, too, you can pause it. So if you need your own wait time, that's true. I said, if you a need a
0: wait time, please insert it
1: here. There you go.
0: I think also it's hard when it's on audio format because you can't see what we're doing. Yes. <laughs> right? So, like, if we're just laughing or doing whatever, you don't, know, like you can't tell that we're waiting by, by any of our body language. So, that's true. You're just like, I don't know what's happening.
1: <laughs> when, uh, Who knows what's going yeah, on? Yeah. Well, it's a mystery. <laughs> um, the, the, oh, the last article in the newsletter is a continuation of mm. May and September, just ta- talking about racial justice and math education. And they mm-hmm. really refer to that there has been a book study, and I believe book studies are going to continue. So if any listeners are interested in joining a book study, I know we did, they reference this one as kind of more of an internal one, but we do offer mm-hmm. this outside of our internal CPM mm-hmm. family.
0: Yeah, we did a, we did an ex, we did a, a book study with teachers mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year.
1: It wasn't on this book. Right. It was on a different book. Correct. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that clarification. I I found it really great. One, that they give a lot of references here. So you can click on a lot of um, links here to find out more about the research, uh, what people are saying about racial justice and math education, things like that. I I learned a new term, adultification. So you'll have to read about that. I won't ruin it for you, ruin the surprise. But I, I also really like how they... Send it back to the reader and just say, How how does this discussion impact you? And one way that you can respond to that is there is a forum that you can go to and you will get replies if you want it through the article. I really like that about this article.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that falls into a lot of the things that hopefully come out in the article that a lot of what we're doing is a continuing process, mm, right? Yeah. As as educators, um, we're continuing to improve ourselves, improve our practice to gain more information to, to, and we change. I mean, CPM, we've changed the way we do our professional learning. We've changed, you know, what the content is. We've changed, we start to change our curriculum and what is there and what we suggest, because as we know better, we try to do better. And I think that this is what, this is also a part of that.
1: It certainly is.
0: I think social justice and thinking about our impacts is a part of it. You know, Joel and I are both white. And so Mm -hmm. as, (laughs) as we know better, we try to do better.
1: Absolutely. well, You know, thinking about the newsletter at a whole, one thing that I really like about the newsletter these days is you can search it. So if you go and Mm -hmm. you go to the website, you can search a topic. You can search information you're looking for. It's really handy if you're, if you're looking for things that connect to actually CPM curriculum or these things outside of the curriculum, maybe, but are still involved in our teaching practices, things like that. And, And I know it's, it's hard sometimes maybe when you get. An email about a newsletter and you think oh i'll get to it when i get to it with that searchability it really helps too
0: yeah no, that, that's such a huge thing i'm so glad that that is there now that mm-hmm. you can search through them and find different topics and the newsletter comes out it comes out every other month um on the odd months except for july and uh it's written by you know by professional learning people from CPM and teachers who use CPM, like lots of different people contribute to the newsletter. There's a lot of really good stuff yep. there. So really we hope you find it useful and um, maybe you want to contribute something. If you do send a note to us and we'll get it to the right people. CPM podcast yep. at CPM.org. If you have something that you'd like to contribute to the newsletter,
1: we'd love to hear from you.
0: Absolutely. So, Joel, something very excited happened at CPM today.
1: Tell me what it is.
0: And when I say at CPM, it's like everywhere, of course, because we're everywhere. Yes.
1: CPM is all over.
0: Yeah. So, today uh, and yesterday, we had our, uh, I guess it's your site visit, uh, your visit basically for to conclude the self-study for accreditation. Oh, Wow. Yeah. So we are in the midst of being accredited by the Middle States Association of Colleges and Schools. Very cool. Yeah. So our professional learning will be accredited by them separate than from the books. Um, It's, it's okay. just the professional learning part of it and our courses that we would do through professional learning. And that way, as opposed to right now, if people want to get credit for any of our professional learning, mm-hmm. they have to apply through Fresno Pacific. That's who's doing our crediting right, right. now. And so they have to apply there and they have to pay Fresno Pacific. And, you know, we tell Fresno Pacific what they have to, what the participants have to do, but they have to go through Fresno Pacific and then Fresno Pacific keeps track of the records and all the things for them. Right. So this, our accreditation will allow us to be the crediting agency. Basically, we can give people credit for our workshops and learning events and various things Mm -hmm. ourselves, uh, which means they wouldn't have to go pay Fresno Pacific to do it.
1: That's very
0: good. Well, yesterday, we had meetings with the reviewers, the evaluators. There were three people assigned to us, and they met with uh, people yesterday. They met with our board yesterday, and then they met with a lot of different people today, both from the professional learning department and um, other people from outside the department, participants and various people, and went through each of the different standards. There's like 12 standards so we have to okay. meet show that we meet them and provide all this evidence and things and so we gave them this huge report it's like 170 pages and then we gave them like you know bunches and bunches of documents for evidence and their job was to come and basically ask us questions to verify that we really are doing the things that we say we're doing and one of the things that the head of the evaluation team said in the last couple meetings was that this is the report that we sent them was the best report she has seen in 10 years of doing this. Wow. So
1: woo, 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 woo. nice job, CPM.
0: <laughs> yeah, we, we, we got all the eyes dotted and the T's crossed. We Over the last two years, we've been working very hard and we worked very hard in the last week, you know, as anything deadlines. Of course, help.
1: of course. Got to get your homework done.
0: Exactly. <laughs> on time. It doesn't need to be yep. done early, just on time. Yeah, they even said that the meetings sometimes are sort of anticlimactic because you've already done all the work and they're just coming along yeah. to go, great, great, yep, great, and then write a report. So, yeah, cool. so there that, that part is done. Awesome. Yeah, so now we just wait for – they'll write a report. They'll tell us if there's any particular thing that um, they want us to do. There might be. They might have some suggestions that we could incorporate into yeah. our plan moving forward, yeah. and then all of that goes to like a review committee, and then eventually gets onto the agenda for the MSA Pro- board oh. or whoever. You know, yeah, to approve at their next meeting, which might be January or might be April. Okay, but of next year, very cool. So,
1: so when you say professional learning, do do you mean like all of our professional learning? Or just certain aspects. Yes. So every. Uh, uh, no, I, of our I. I mean, can...
0: all of it is. Any of our events, it, it, we get to decide what we want to get okay. credit for, right? So, any of our learning events, like right now, you can get credit for any of the foundations. Correct. You know, for completing pieces of the foundations work, you can get credit for completing the end of the building on. You know, like building on equity or building on discourse or building on assessment. Yeah. And you can get credit at the teacher conference, oh. uh, things like that. So all of those things, uh, were in our self study. We looked at, we included work with the teacher conference, um, academy of best practices, the teacher research core, I and I learning events, all of those things and anything else that we would want to. Include so contracted work could incorporate. We just have to, and that's what we get to decide moving forward. You know, we get to look at it and determine what makes sense. We won't like instantly the moment we get accreditation start doing it ourselves. We need to put put a a lot of things in place, like some record keeping and some other things. We need to kind of uh, we need to get a like person maybe to be our registrar and do that kind of stuff. So that's all part of our growth and improvement plan too. Is part of that. It might be actually the twenty. 25 school year. Okay. I mean, seems like a really long time from now, but so it's the, only the year well, after next that we quick. would start <laughs> doing the, doing the accrediting ourselves. Okay. So cool. Hopefully. Yeah. Everything looks like it's going to go through and we're just, now it's just a lot of jumping through the rest of the hoops um, and then kind of moving forward with our plan. So it's a very exciting thing. This is a thing that was first thought of about 10 years ago as wow. like, what big, great dreams do we have for CPM and,
1: well it it sounds really cool because uh just all the I know all the time and effort teachers put into their professional training, their professional learning, and they're going to other accredited institutions and to be able to do it just right with CPM while you're implementing or while you're moving on to assessment those beyond courses. That just sounds really awesome.
0: So stay tuned. We'll uh hopefully have a big announcement, uh beginning part of next year.
1: Nice job, CPM. Woohoo.
0: So that's a wrap for this episode of the More Math for More People podcast.
1: For more information and to stay connected, you can find CPM on both Twitter and Facebook.
0: The music for the podcast was created by Julius H. and can be found on pixabay.com. Join us for the next episode of More Math for More People. What day will that be,
1: Joel? It'll be December 13th, National Ice Cream Day, which is kind of funny, right? It's going to be cold and it's Ice Cream Day. I guess maybe if you lived in the southern hemisphere of the planet, maybe you would enjoy that cool, refreshing ice cream day, but really you can just enjoy ice cream any day that you like, but this is a special one because it's National Ice Cream Day, and it's not one particular flavor, so you can choose any flavor you like. I know a lot of folks I know really like vanilla ice cream because you can doctor it up with sprinkles or treats and things like that. There is another National Ice Cream Day that's in July that probably helps on a hot summer day.